0: This is She Buys It with Whitney Nasley. Yay! Hello, welcome to the She Buys It Podcast. I have an awesome, amazing guest today. Jeanette is here with us and she has a very well what I think is unique story as to how she got into real estate investing and then how she's turned it into lots of other different things. So I think you're going to love hearing her story about leaving the corporate world, that corporate nine to five, that you know, cubicles and boxes and showing up on time and staying until somebody says you can leave. Like, I never really had that kind of atmosphere. And so I love to hear from women who had that and then branched out into real estate investing to kind of supplement some fun and then how she's been able to take that and grow her own coaching business too. So this is going to be amazing. And Jeanette, did I miss anything? Is there anything else you want to add in there? No, that's good. You hit it all. Awesome. I also want to let y'all know that the heavy breathing is Abby the Labby. And I'm going to show you that she's having a little bit of a summer panic attack there. So we're just going to have to work with the large dog breathing in the background and we'll go with that. So Jeanette, tell us, you know, how you kind of got started and what that moment was where you said, I need to be buying some real estate. I need some passive income. I need some things happening in my life. Tell me, take us back to there and tell us when it was and okay. what happened and where you know, what kind of steps you took to get to here. Okay. So,
1: um, I worked with a fortune 500 company, uh, and this was back in 2002 And, um, I started that position, um, right out of college and I was selling insurance down the street, door to door. And, um, I really didn't know what to expect with that. Um, because if I did, I never would have done it. Um, so I, you know, first, first thing happened was I I did not like being by myself and just going up to total strangers and, and just saying, Hey, you want to buy this insurance? You need it. Um, so my boss sat down with me and he was like, you know, you have absolutely no goals. And I was like, me, no, no, I have goals, you know? And he was like, no, you need to take some time off, figure out what it is that you want. So I did that. And I literally, for the first, I would say year and a half, I had to give myself a gift at the end of the day, if I could actually stay out in the field so for six months i did that and i accumulated a lot of crap and then i figured out you know what i i mean i need to turn this into money because that's what i want to make money so then i was able to kind of string that out and i still was really bored with it so i said what do i need to do to get into management he said all you have to do is get the sales awards and prove that you can manage people and i was like i could do that if you could do it i could do it so I did that. and Backwards backwards. and in high heels, right? Absolutely. I said, uh, well, you know, I want to be an executive like yesterday, because if that means I can work with people, I'm all in for that. So uh, within three years, I became the youngest executive with the company and things were going fantastic.
0: Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I,
1: I mean, I really loved it. And then, you know, the corporate thing happened where... Okay, so instead of working 60 hours a week, we now want you to work 80 hours a week and we're gonna call you at 1130 at night. And I'm like, 1130 at night, that doesn't work for me. Like anything, not unless you've got like a million bucks behind it. So I was like, "Um, yeah, no. So then they did a reorganization, they fired everybody. And I was like, these people have worked their entire lives. And you're just firing them. And that's when I knew that, okay, I'm young and I don't want that to happen to me. So at that point I was like, okay, I need to reduce my hours. So I demoted myself to a sales position and I said, I'm going to give myself five years and I need to replace six figures in five years and have it be stress-free. So I knew nothing about real estate at all, and at that time the internet really wasn't—I mean, it was up big for like eBay and stuff like that—but uh, women in real estate was like non-existent. So <clears throat> I did what any you know person would do—they bought a five thousand dollar course for some books and somebody to you know call. And I, I figured it out afterwards that I think I was talking to like a guy in a call center who had never purchased real estate before.
0: Okay. Can we take a time out and just mourn <laughs> the money that people have paid and I'm got the same service and they still do that today. I mean, when, yeah. when did you do that? When did you sign up for a $5,000 program and get $800? Uh, that was in That was in
1: 2002. Yeah. And so I would get these assignments and then I would call in for my homework if I had any questions and I'm like they could have just sent me the books and I could have learned the same stuff but somebody on the other end was going to teach me how to buy a house no money down and I'm like okay well I'm all for that because I didn't really want to touch any of my money and after I got through the program I was like well, this is ridiculous. If I want to use that kind of thing, I'll just buy some stuff. I don't need. I don't have a mortgage. I'll just go and use my mortgage to fund a couple deals. And so the biggest thing I got out of that, which you can't even do today, was I learned how to do a piggyback loan. So that's how I bought my first um, multi-unit. And I kind of, I, I believe like you should get your, your hands dirty and know how to do things before you hand it off. Amen. I believe in
0: that wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah. So I am um, you know, I painted the place myself, I staged it, I rented it, I did everything myself. And it took me forever because I wasn't, I mean, I was I was not old by any means, but I wasn't 20 either. So I was single and you know, you already know that when you deal with men, no matter what position you're at, whether you're showing an apartment, whether you're you own the apartment. I, I learned right off the top of the bat that, you know what, they don't respect you if you don't, if you, if you allow them not to. So I immediately became the property manager. I never said that I owned anything. I never said that I didn't because my company owned it. I didn't. My company owned everything, but I became the property manager because then at that point, No one was gonna get physical with me if I didn't say you can't have this or no, you have to do that or hey, you're paying for that plumbing call because you stuffed the toilet full of whatever. So I became the property manager and um, on the biggest thing with corporate America was it actually physically was killing me because even in the sales position, I went through nine managers in five years. That's like starting nine brand new jobs because they all have different wants. They all don't want you to do this. They all don't want, and they knew I was an executive and they would be like, they, they didn't know what to say. And I'm like, listen, just let me go sell. I just, let me go talk to my people. Just leave me alone and go worry about the new people. You know what I mean? Just go train somebody else. Yeah, go train somebody else. I mean, I, I got put on a, a performance improvement, improvement plan. And I was giggling to myself. I was like, okay, what do you want me to do? I want you to know your studies better. And I'm like, I train these studies. (laughs) So I mean, it it got to that level. So I can do my work in a couple hours and I'm like, what in the world am I supposed to do for the rest of the day? So what I did was I took all those books, you know, and I'm just reading and learning. And I'm like, I can do real estate. I know if I have you know seven thousand dollars to ten thousand a month coming in, that means I can exit, and so that motivated me to work and study and learn everything. But you know I didn't have any. Um, we had a real estate investment group here in, in the Syracuse area, but it was like a bunch of um, rim rods. You know what I mean? Like they would all they do one they want to sell you their junk. And, oh, by the way, I've got a four unit. I'm like, yeah, everything's wrong with it. Did you ever maintain anything? So that's how I kind of got my start in real estate. Um, But what I I loved about it,
0: I want to clarify, because a lot of women struggle with this. You had a job, a nine to five. Well, more like a nine to nine, but yeah, I had a job and you were learning real estate, and you were being a property manager, and you were trying to find an exit plan. Yes. All at the same time, because a lot of women say, well, you know, I got a job, I don't have any time to invest, or I got a job, I don't have any time to learn how to invest. mean, mm-hmm. you're telling me that you did all of that all at the same time.
1: Yeah, and the way, the way I did that was, Um, When I worked with the insurance company, we worked what I call a three-day, two-day concept. So we worked hard Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And when I mean hard, we worked from 7 in the morning until 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Thursday, we worked a normal day. And Friday, we finished up all the loose ends. So I've always worked in that type of concept that I try to get the bulk of my tough work done at the beginning of the week. And then I breeze into the end of the week. So all my loose ends and stuff. So I kinda, and I break my, down, my day down the same way. You know, till noon is one day. Noon to five is day two. Five to whenever you go to bed is day three. So anybody can do anything for a short period of time. And if you're looking to get out of corporate America, you have to utilize the time that you have, whether that's lunch breaks, getting up at 4.30 or five in the morning, You have to do it five to 10 o'clock at night, but you know what? You can either work the rest of your days in corporate America and die and get a watch, or you can actually spend a couple years working your tail off and then you ditch the nine to five. So you have to kind of make that choice, but I kind of use my free time as fun. Like for me, it was fun to drive for dollars and look for places and, talk to people. So for me, that's what I did for fun. I drove around towns, figured out where I wanted to be. And then when I, I met my husband, he's like, what are you doing this weekend? And I'm like, I'm driving up to this little town and I'm going to look for properties. You want some company? Sure. You know, and then we'd make fun of it. So after that, then we'd go maybe to the drive-in or something like that. But you have time. Everybody has time. And the, I, I mean, I, since I teach goal hackers now, the biggest thing, people waste so much time, whether it's on Facebook um, or just diddle daddle, they diddle daddle for hours. And if you block your time off in real estate, like if you say on Tuesday, Thursday or Saturday, I'm gonna drive for dollars, if that's in your book, then you drive for dollars. If not, then, you know, the dog did this. My kids do that. My
0: husband's doing this and you end up just like carrying a
1: basket full of crap,
0: you know? Um, I agree. And I, I love time blocking and I love your idea. Do you say nine to noon is day one noon to five is day two and five to nine is day three. Yeah. That is amazing. I've never heard it broken down like that, but that is brilliant because I mean, you're absolutely right. I try to tackle the biggest stuff Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in my business. Mm-hmm. I also I section off all of Tuesday for my coaching so that I know what I'm gonna do. And so my girls know when they can get a hold of me. But then you know, Monday and Wednesday, I use that to, I mean, go full at it, and then I pick up the pieces Thursday and Friday. So I completely get it, but it's absolutely brilliant to think about sectioning the day off also mm-hmm. into kind of the things you want to do. And I like having those like windows Mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, every, every day at nine, I'm going to do this. And at 10, I'm going to do this. And at 11, I'm going to do this. Well, yeah, maybe, but as long as I get it all done before noon, it still counts in that time block. Exactly. I love that.
1: that. You know, like people will say, I don't have time to cook healthy or I don't have time to work out. And I'm like, that really doesn't fly anymore. You can have food delivered and you can do real estate and exercise at the same time if you work it correctly. So I think it's just, um, you have to be creative. And if you wanna be in real estate, you have to learn to be creative with your time, with your money with other, with people and resources and with everything. So why not learn right at the beginning? But I don't buy that I don't have time. You have time, you're using it for something else.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's when we get our best work done is when we don't have any time. Like if you got a trip planned, how much stuff will you get done when you typically didn't have time to squeeze all that in? Right. Give yourself a deadline. You like get you you yourself a deadline, five years, you have to replace six figures. And that's, that's a good, smart goal, right? That's measurable. Yeah. That's yeah. accurate. You can totally work towards that. And then you break yeah. it down into smaller goals, which yeah. I flipping love. Yeah. Now take me, take me back to your first deal was an eight plex. Is that what you said? No, my first deal was a, a two unit
1: and it was in like the collegey part of, um, the Irish district in Syracuse. And so it was, it was great. And, but it was, I didn't know anything. So I bought old buildings, you know, and you know what comes with old buildings, big problems, you know? (laughs) Um, So I learned really, really quick not to buy old buildings. Um, You know, I was like, Oh, that has everything. The foundation, the roof, the this, the that, but what it allowed me to do was, um, learn the business slowly because I like, I, some people say I like to control things. Um, You're in good company. I am a,
0: I will admit that I am a control freak.
1: Yeah. I just like things. I like things smooth. I, I don't like chaos. You know, I do not like chaos. So I like things kind of measurable. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that was the first one. So it was really simple. I mean, it was two units and I had one tenant came with the building. I learned something from that. Don't take them, get them out of there before you take it over. Otherwise in a year from now, they're going to be out anyway, because it, if I manage things, I like rules. And some people that have buildings, they have no rules. And those people usually aren't great with me, you know, because I, I like my buildings quiet. I like them clean. I like things contained. You know, I don't like you storing your stuff in my basements, in my attic and taking ownership of my building. So, um, I, do I sound like you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you're a guest and it's your home and I want you to make it your home, but I want you to treat it that way too. So, um, but what that did was My second thing, I said, I'm going to learn how to do stuff nuts to bolt. So I bought a townhouse and then I gutted it right back to the studs. And so I learned how to do hardwood floors. I learned plumbing. I learned uh, learned plumbing the hard way Um, because in hardwood floors, if you buy nails that are a little long, sometimes you'll hit a copper pipe. And then you have water shooting out the electric. That's not really fun.
0: Is it real, does it like, look like it does in the movies? It does. And I was like, do I call an electrician or do I call a plumber? <gasps> Who do I, do I call? call first? Somebody come help. Yeah. So, the lesson I'm hearing there is that you don't need a man. You can figure it out or you can figure out which man you need to call to come plug which hole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was... I, you
1: know, the, and, and what that taught me was I need to have a Rolodex of five people in every single field that I can call at any given time. And that helped me manage properties so simple because I always knew that if I was heading out of town on Friday night, there was going to be a plumbing issue. For some reason, they always happened on Friday night. So at first I got upset and I'm like, wait a second, I'm leaving corporate America because I don't want this. And then I'm like, you know what? Somebody else can be on call. Let them deal with it. Let them take the phone calls. So, and once you hand it off, it becomes a totally different world. And that's the beauty of real estate. But people always say, oh, I I can't manage it. I don't have time. You should manage your buildings to, to learn what is going on. But as a woman, I didn't want to be taken advantage of, you know? Uh, when some, I got a bill once for like $370 to change a faucet out. And I knew how to change the faucet out. So I looked at the guy and I was like, well, I'll give you this one, but you'll never, ever, ever get another one. And he's like, why? Because that's like a $27 job. <laughs> you know, I mean, that should take 20 minutes and it didn't even take you 20 minutes. I'm going to write you the check, but that's the last check. And I have never, ever, ever done business with them again. But that's how, if you know what you're doing, you can determine immediately as a woman, is somebody taking me seriously? Or is somebody trying to take advantage of my newness? You know, and I don't go for that at all.
0: I feel the same way. I mean, if you're going to do a job, if I'm going to do a job, I'm not trying to just do one job. I'm trying to set up a relationship so that we can continue working together forever and ever, amen, because I exactly. wanna be successful. I want you to be successful. I exactly. want my contractors and I to like get along. I want you to talk to all the other subs. Like I want this to be a team effort. And if right. somebody's not playing with my team, you gotta go. Exactly, and that's, for
1: me, it's all relationships. I mean, it's much easier for me to have The five people number one through five for me to call, you know, if you're on vacation, that's fine. I go to number two, I go to number three, but I'm not the kind of person that has, I don't want to be looking for a contractor. Now if I meet you while I'm out and about and get to know you, that's one thing. But if I have a problem, I don't want to have to look for someone. I want you already on my team. And one of the biggest things, um, like I sold a, I sold a package of five properties off and they were my most, hands on properties. And the way I sold them was we did, we did a seller palooza, we called it. And what that was was all the tenants knew what was going on. Um, They all had to have their apartments nice and clean and they were going to meet the potential owners. So we had like 50 investors come through, met all the tenants. And so we went building to building, to building, to building, but Interestingly enough, that was like three years ago. Those tenants are still there because I have tenants. My whole goal is I don't want new tenants. I want you to become part of the family and I want you to love where you live, And but I don't want you to leave because when you leave, I have to paint. I have to do this. I got to do that. I got to I got to have people come in and do another open house. And I would just much rather say, Hey, pick something that you want upgraded in your apartment next year. And if you stay, that's what we're doing. And that's how, you know, I get people to stay because they make it their home. It feels like home and I don't bother them for, you know,
0: nuts and bolts. That's brilliant. I love that. That's an awesome tip right there. Yeah, you're right. If they leave, You're gonna have to get that new thing anyway, and you're dead a month.
1: Exactly. Or if and if it's up here, it's December through March. Oh yeah, you're totally dead dead. quarter because nobody's moving in three
0: feet of snow. And if you're dead all three months, that could screw you up for two years on your cash flow. Oh yeah, yeah. So. What about the ladies that are saying that they don't have a team? They don't know how to find contractors. How do they start building that team? Because I mean, when you started, you had to figure it all out. But how did you find the guys that you could trust or the women that you can trust? Or how did you start building that team piece by piece? The first thing I did was I didn't live in the town in what you call your honey hole.
1: So I had to meet people there. And I was like, you know what? I should probably go meet like the Section 8 team and the HUD people just so I know what is really going on here. And I met them and they're still dear friends today. Um, Every Christmas, I take them a basket, Dunkin' Donut cards. And inevitably, you know, when there was an apartment, they would call me and be like, hey, could you handle this person? They're, you know, um, they're a little slow, they're this or that, and I'll take slow all day long because you can stay with me. I'll help you. If you need somebody to clean your apartment, we'll show you how to do it. Um, So that's what I did. I met all the people in like the community first. And then, I mean, how much time does one spend in Home Depot and Lowe's? (laughs) Tons, right?
0: Oh yeah, I was there last night. Yeah. Before and after dinner.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Meet people right there. I'd be like, what do you do? What do you do? And then I would ask the guys in specific departments, you know, like if something happened to you today, who, you know, who would you trust your house with? And they'd be like, Oh, that's simple. I'd be like, can I have their number? You know, and that's how I would do it. So I talked to other landlords. I talked to other property managers. Thankfully, I have a friend in Syracuse that is a property manager. And if I ever had anything odd, like I had somebody, unfortunately, um, take their own lives in one of my apartments. And I was, even right now, I'm like, the thought of that just, it it rocked my world, because I'm like, what do you do in that situation? So I said, well, I need to call my friend, I called him, he's like, you need to call these people, they'll take care of it. And honestly, they took care of everything. I, you know, it was a bad enough situation as it is. And if you're going to be in real estate, you need to understand you're gonna have some bad situations, whether there's fire, or a flood and everybody loses everything or you know there's a death in the family. you're kind of like a psychologist um, as you're a part adult manager. babysitter sometimes.
0: Yeah, I actually had a, a unit come available in one of, in my fireplex, and I called my handy guy to come in and fix it and he brought his assistant and when they got it done, his assistant was like, "Dude, I really like this place? you think she'll rent it to me?" And, you know, I'm going, sure. Great. Fill out the application, get do the security deposit, move in, love your life, live your best life, all the things, right? Right. He actually took his own life (sighs) that year too. So that's, that's happened to me also. And I don't want to be super selfish about it, but he was a really good contractor. Yeah. And that bothers me on a personal level because I had no idea, you know, or I would have said, is there something I can do to help you? Is there something we can work through? Is there, you know, what can I do to help you? Because I don't, I don't want that. No, that's a horrible thing, but that's, I mean, it does happen and the other flip side of that is, I've got some tenants that are old yeah. and I'm terrified that one day I'm going to get the call that they passed in their sleep and then I'm right. to go through the thing. And, you know, so a lot of people are terrified that they're going to have to go through evictions and that's the worst possible situation that they can think of, but they never think about somebody passing. passing. I mean, that's yeah. a much worse situation. Oh, it is. It is. It's and, it, but it's I natural. Know. It's going to happen to all of us. What's that? It's natural. It's going to happen to all of us. It is. And And, you need
1: to know what you're going to do in that situation. You know, do you have, like, I always made sure that I had the next of kin and stuff um, because that's just my personality. I have that stuff done. So I didn't want to have to be like, where am I going to store this stuff for five months until I find your family? Yeah. Um, and, And it
0: happens. So. And we talk about the good, bad, and ugly, and that's definitely the ugly side that nobody really mentions. Your guru that pitched you on a $5,000 product didn't talk about that, now did they?
1: Not at all, <laughs> not at all. And I really, when you look at real estate, it's no different than sales and anything else. It's relationship selling. If you have great relationships, you won't have that many evictions. I mean, I can still count on two hands the number of evictions I've had in 16 years. And, you know, a lot of that is because I I would try at all costs to not do an eviction, and I'll give you money just to get out, um, just because I don't want to deal with it. But the chances of me honestly having to go through an eviction, it's been so few and far between, that when somebody tells me they have a lot of evictions, either you're not in the right area for you, you're not screening people uh, enough, or you maybe have really high expectations of people that they just cannot fulfill.
0: And I agree with that. that. Yeah. There's always two sides of the story. I'll tell you, I've had four evictions in my rental house Company and three of them, three out of the four, have been at the same house, the same property. And (laughs) I've also had some people there that I didn't have to go all the way through the eviction with, but I did have to kick them out. And so I'm looking at this house. It makes awesome money. It makes more option fees than any other house I have. It's $1,000 a month. It's $1,200 we're advertising it for right now. It makes great income. I actually had to turn down two offers for over asking price last week on this house. So it's blessed, but it's also cursed. It carries three of my four evictions. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, bad, and ugly all in the same property. Right. Well, and have you noticed that a lot of people that get
1: into real estate, they think, they think it's going to be just like smooth sailing the whole time like your job, but that's not real life. If you think of real life, that's what real estate is. Sometimes people are going great. Sometimes they're, you know, in the gutter, sometimes they're up here. You have to be able to kind of manage all that. And I used to be one, of you know, up and down. And I'm like, you know what, forget it. I need to be even keel. When things are great, they're great. When they're bad, they're not that bad.
0: So it's not like an Instagram photo shoot with Lamborghinis and rainbows and private jets and all that. No, it's rubber boots and poop and, (laughs) um, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Well, Tell me, how'd you get it to kind of not level out, not settle down, but how'd you get off the roller coaster and turn it into more like a merry-go-round? Well, the biggest thing was,
1: um, figuring out that I didn't want people moving in and out because the first couple years I'm like why are these people you know why are you leaving and they'd be like well because this place is too small well you're the same size and the building hasn't increased or decreased so it was fine for you to move in what do you need you know going for so when I talk to people I'm like it is a nice small space if you want something larger let me know if I have an opening in one of my two bedroom units, you will always get first pick. And that's how I started with it was, okay, I want to keep them if they're really good. So what would I want as a person? Well, if there's carpet, I would want hardwood floors. So we upgraded to hardwood floors. It's easier for them, easier for me. And then I started doing the thing, you know, pick something that you want to actually, you know, upgrade in your, in your unit.
0: That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. And then the other thing we did is, you know, I believe in raising the rent, but where we are, it's more of, um, I would say not, not so much a depressed area, but things don't boom. So instead of increasing people's, you know, rents by 27% or whatever, I would say, listen, I'm going to, we're going to raise the rent 27 percent but if you've always paid on time and you've never had any issues then we're going to decrease that by half so there's no place else they're going to find that their rent is not shooting up you know 30 or 40 bucks a month everywhere um because you know when you don't have buildings i didn't have buildings that had washer and dryers so people they are going to have to hoof out in the dead of winter So you need to look at all the downsides of your buildings and say, listen, how can I make them still want to stay with me? And the other thing is when somebody calls me for a maintenance issue, it is taken care of immediately. And that is one of the biggest things that I've seen that people have problems with people in real estate. They'll be like, I asked the landlord to unstick the windows like four times. And I'm like, okay, well, If there's a fire and you can't get out the windows, that person's going to jail, especially here in New York. So those should have been unstuck before you moved in. Um, But I don't want somebody to have maintenance issues. In the winter here, if they have no furnace, somebody needs to be there. It's cold. So um, I don't want to live like that. I don't want my people to live like that. So I think, and that's one thing I see that a lot of women are different with, we actually have feelings and if if I wouldn't live in a property that I own or I wouldn't take care of it the way I own it, then I, it can't be in my portfolio.
0: And that I think is more of a woman thing. I think that's a woman thing too. And also looking at it like a home because we're the nesters and you and I probably look at properties the exact same way. Is it going to make money? Is it going to make money? Is it going to make money? Whereas I think a lot of women have that mindset that they go in and say, can I live here? Well, I don't want to live here. So I shouldn't buy it. Well, wait, Mm -hmm. wait, 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 wait a second, baby. Mm -mm. Does it make money? Right, right. I'm not going to live there. It needs to be clean,
1: needs to be safe, and it needs to be a nice place. But I grew up in a mobile home. So there are people that need smaller places. There are people that need, um, you know, a no frills type of place. And Honestly, if I was, if I was able to grow up in a house that was like a 1960s house with like real kitchen, I would have killed for it. Now, do I want to live in that now? No, but we have people in all areas in all income levels, all situations. And I don't want the Taj Mahal because let me tell you, if something's wrong in my house, it needs to be taken care of now, not tomorrow now. So I don't want those people either. I want people that are you know, they're very happy with what they have. I mean, if somebody's making $25,000 a year, a $450 a month apartment is fantastic because they're not in a mobile home. They're not in an, you know, a gross apartment. They're in a cute place.
0: And they're not in mom's basement or in their mother-in-law's basement. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're still people and they need to have that freedom, their own space. And it's, Awesome. Now tell me, because you have a strong sales background and I hear a lot of women saying, well, I don't like sales and I don't want to have to sell things and I'm not a good negotiator. And what if I say the wrong thing? What if my numbers are wrong? So how do you talk to women that are getting started and that's their fears that they, they aren't a good negotiator. They're not a professional salesman. How do you tell those women that they can be successful real estate investors?
1: Well, they probably are very good negotiators. They just don't think of it because <laughs> if you my are with a man, if you have a boyfriend, you are negotiating every day. If you have a job, you're negotiating every day. If I want to go someplace, my negotiation skills, do I want to go play golf or do I want to go to the drive-in or go to the beach? Well, I want to go to the beach. So how good are my negotiating skills? I don't want to go play golf. You know, so you're negotiating every single day and, you know, I don't want to sell somebody on my property. If I have to sell them on it, I'm going to have to sell them to stay in it. So they don't need a sales background. They need a background. Can you act like a property manager? Can you show the rooms? Okay, here's the good. It's great. Let me tell you something in the dead of winter, sometimes you're going to get a little ice backup that comes in here. So, if you see a little line of water, you need to call immediately because you're going to have water come in on the kitchen floor. If you can be truthful and upfront with people, that is more important, important than selling because I don't want you to sell.
0: I completely agree. And those are the um, almost the exact same examples I gave. I was talking to a new lady who joined First Little and Fast on Monday. And she was like, I'm not a good negotiator. I am afraid of selling and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you haven't stayed married this long if you aren't a good negotiator. You didn't raise three boys to be teenagers if you're not a good negotiator. I mean, I have i don't have any kids, but I've seen toddlers holding hostage situations and moms figure out how to keep them fed exactly. and get them out of bed and take them to school. Like women are such good negotiators. And that's what I really encourage, especially in First Little and Fast, is use what your mama gave you. Use real life mm. examples that you, your seller, your buyer, your friends, your mom, everybody understands because right. it's not about selling. It's about everything that you said, Jeanette. It's setting up relationships. It's about caring about other people. Right. It's about loving other people and wanting to help them. And right. women are the best <laughs> at oh, caring and for other people. Absolutely. And as far
1: as like deals and negotiations and stuff like that, that is where, again, it comes to relationships. When you talk to other people, other real estate people, they will tell you if you ask them, how did you, you know, because I remember, wait a second, I can get somebody to pay for all my closing costs and do this and pay for that and do that. I'm like, why didn't I ask for that? So I learned very quickly that, you know what, if you want it, ask for it. Worst case scenario, they're like, what are you nuts? I'm not giving you that. Okay. No big okay. deal. Will you give me half of it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've had some funny, funny deals and people will be like, what? But you know, when I sold, I sold a townhouse, the one that I had gutted and somebody came me an offer. They wanted my pillows, my furniture, my everything. And I'm like, that's my stuff. And they're like, yeah, but this is how much we'll give you. And I'm like, it's going to be your stuff now.
0: <laughs> my fatball told me if you didn't marry it or give birth to it, or if nobody else did, you can sell it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, hey, if you want it. That's why I told my husband now, when we sell this place,
1: all of my nice little stuff is exiting before the first person takes a look at it because they all want my stuff.
0: Well, that's because you got great taste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so tell me, um, how many units, how many houses, what are you working with right now? So we have
1: a lot of, um, I can't tell you the exact number of houses, because I don't really know anymore.
0: I Um, love that. Oh, hallelujah.
1: Yeah, I don't, I try to stay a little bit removed from that. Um, And we've kind of gone into, we still look at deals. We're not looking at deals in New York anymore, because the taxes are just crazy. Um, And it's becoming um, a not very landlord-friendly place. uh, And they're considering rent control, which I won't participate in. So we actually are looking at other states. We're looking around the um, Mid-East Coast, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia areas. uh, And we would look at other places. So um, we're doing that. I am a buy and hold girl uh, for multi-units. I don't have any single families. not that I wouldn't look at them, but I, like I told you, I like it uh, the least amount of stress as possible. So I like the building to flow whether or not half of it's empty or not. Um, and the other thing we do is since we've been able to learn the business um, at, to the level that we have, we actually do private money lending. Um, and that's,
0: yeah,
1: that's where I like to go because... Those toilets never break on my watch, so I don't have to worry about it.
0: Um, I have just this month done my very first private money lend and I actually I had I have 13 houses. I know how many houses I have. I have 13 houses in one trailer. So <laughs> it's important to separate that, right? Yeah. It's on a permanent foundation, but it's still a trailer. Let's yeah. let's call it what it is. Yeah. And I had a lot of them, half of them, paid off free and clear. And I thought, what am I doing with all this equity? Right. Not do anything for me, so I actually took out. It's not a line of credit, and it's not a complete cash out refinance. They called it something else, some hybrid, something that the mortgage people know about. But I pulled out my money, mm-hmm. and now I'm able to use that money as a private money lender. So I'm flipping yeah, yeah. a house in Memphis right now that I've never seen. I've never stepped foot in. I get pictures, I get video updates. But I knew a guy that was a wholesaler, and he had a great deal, and I fronted him all the money for it, and I'm making really good with really good money with my money and I don't have any of the headaches. My toilets don't break either. I didn't have to get roof quotes. I didn't have to make sure everybody showed up this morning. Yes. I'm cool. (laughs) That's me too. I just, and you know, I learned about that when I
1: bought a couple four units. Um, I put an ad in the paper. This was back in the newspaper days of, you know, you tired of being a landlord? Give me a call. And somebody called me and he's like, well, you, I'm going to buy, you buy this for me. And then I'm going to get some money from Smooth Cat. And I'm like, who is Smooth Cat? Smooth Cat lends me all my money. And I'm like, can I meet Smooth Cat? Forget you. Yeah. So (laughs) I bought his building and then I said, well, I'll buy your other building if Smooth Cat will lend me the money. (laughs) And he's like, all right, Well, I'll call Smooth Cat. And so he did. We met, I've never had a deal like this ever. He's like, you sound like nice people. Okay. How much do you want? So we told him and he's like, um, okay, so here's the deal. You have to keep it for three years and then we can renegotiate everything after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, it was the, it was the most, he never asked us how much money we made. Nothing. He's like, if you know him, I'm like, well, I'm buying his house, but okay. And honestly, that was, that was it. And Smooth Cat, everybody knows him in that town as Smooth Cat. And, um, that was how I was brought into private money lending. And I was like,
0: wow. But that speaks to relationships too. If you're out there and you're a deal maker and you're doing deals and you're just talking to people, then boom, boom, here comes another deal. And boom, boom, here comes more education. And boom, boom, here comes more opportunity.
1: Absolutely. And you know,
0: it it goes with everything it's
1: you know if you're going to Home Depot and you see the guys there all the time they're stuck there all day so take them coffee or take them something I mean even the guys in the post office they get my money every month you know for the people that still pay by money order and checks and I have their phone numbers I want to be able to call hey did this one come yet did that anything come for me so every Christmas and every summer, I mean, I make rum cakes. I, I know those guys firsthand. And, you know, they're like, oh, that's Jeanette, you know, and people are like, you know, she actually cares about people. So And
0: that's the difference between men and women, too my uncle might think about taking people chocolate for christmas but this is definitely not doing anything in the summer and i love and i'm a huge proponent of taking milkshakes to the attorney's office taking shakes into lowe's and people are like well which flavor do you get and how do you know if they're gonna like it who cares Who cares? who cares just
1: take it be nice right i mean even for my postal worker i mean it's hot out there, you know. Put something out there. Give them a gift card. You know, I mean, it's the little things. And this is one thing because the company I worked with was um, actually started by W. Clement Stone. Have you heard of W. Clement Stone? No. He, he's like the pioneer of the positive mental attitude and thinking. So if you ever heard of the of, of the saying of small hinges swing big doors, he's the yes. one that did that. And that's what I learned. It doesn't matter, you know, if. If people like candy, bring them candy. If they like coffee, bring them coffee. And the same thing goes with my tenants. You know, around November, you know, if people don't have a lot of money, we give them all turkeys or whatever. But I also, I'm a proponent of you pay your bills. So about the same time the turkey goes out, the letter comes out that says, you know, Christmas is December 25th every year. And that makes... January first, your rents due. So just remember, when you're buying your presents, that you have to buy your roof over your head too. So I think it, I think if you're strong and fair, I think people can do wonderful things in real estate.
0: And And I think it's about, it's about training too. You're, you're training your tenants on how to treat you You're training your husband on how to treat you. You're training your contractors, you're training your boss, your broker, you're always training people. And if you feel like you're overwhelmed or getting run over, you've trained people to take advantage of you. Yes. And And you're paying late on rent or charging you way too much to change a faucet. That's, that's you baby. Yeah. You've allowed that.
1: And You know, I mean, I I, me more than anybody, I know that life happens. Things happen, emergencies happen, bad things happen. You know, so when somebody misses the rent the first time, I'm okay with that. I give everybody one free pass because you never know if a relative died, if, you know, their child died, you don't know what happened. So I always send a letter out and says, hey, I'm not sure what happened, but here's your lease says this, it was past the 5th and you did this so now you are even Steven that means the next time your rent is due you need to send an extra $50 in with your rent check because you know and it could be something it could be the mail it could be the money order it could be anything you just never know so um but i think i think if women are fair and honest Um, but you do need to know going in that you need to be very firm. You have to be firm with people because especially if you, if you look young, um, they'll act like, you know, people will see me even now. And they'll be like, Oh, she's like, that's just Jeanette. I'm like, well, this Jeanette is 51 years old and
0: you can maybe think you're going to get something over on me, but you're probably not. Nate. I've been there and done that. I got the t-shirt. Thanks, babe. <laughs> yeah. I've been through this situation a couple times. Right. Right. <laughs> I, and
1: and they, it cracks me up. Some of the stories that you hear, like somehow candle wax got down the drain and I'm like, yeah, it well, must've been burning off there and just puts itself right in the drain. You know, people
0: so, come on. Quit being yeah. people. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> pe- that, and that's the thing. People are people. So. If they're mean or rude or happy, welcome to the world. I mean, it's just no big deal.
0: Well, let's talk about goal hackers because I joke all the time that everybody in First Build and Fast is a coach. Mm -hmm. But I remember when you sent me a message before you joined First Build and Fast and you said, hey, I'm a coach. Can I join First Build and Fast? And I was like, we're all coaches in First Build and Fast. Come on, let's let's do this. I was like- you know, this is kind of where the real estate coaches hang out and I'm cool. Well, with and the thing was, you know,
1: because most people, most men did not want you acting like you knew what you were doing, didn't want you to step on their feet. So I was kind of real hesitant. And the funny story is when I saw your group on Facebook, I thought you were in New York. Really? I have no idea why, because it came up like under real estate for me to join and I'm like perfect she's in New York this is fantastic
0: and then I heard her talk and I'm like she ain't from New York, <laughs> from
1: New York. well I, and I'm not from New York either but I'm like she's really not from New York so um yeah and and so what was the question again so I, I was in New York twice last year
0: but <laughs> I know you spent a ton of money I saw yeah Uh, Uh, I did all the things you're supposed to do in New York, but I didn't buy any properties because of that landlord thing you were talking about earlier. (laughs) Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. But I was wondering, when you joined First Little and Fast, you were a little hesitant to get in, maybe because you didn't want to crunch on toes, but everybody is a coach. Everybody has different life lessons. Everybody in First Little and Fast is going to be talking to different people, and I want that to be the place where if you're talking to somebody and you've got a situation that I haven't been through you've been through it or she's been through it or you know somebody has been through this either on the buying side or from the seller's side and I fully believe that when we all come together and we can all collaborate we'll get more deals done and we're going to empower more women and we're going to encourage more women to get in this because Mm -hmm. the last thing we need is another guru pitching you on a five thousand dollar one hit wonder somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about somebody that's never going to be around not going to know your husband's name your dog's name like that's not what we need we need women that are going to team up with women and to be honest i have some five thousand dollar programs so i'm not knocking that i'm just saying there's no follow-up there's no relationship there's no nothing to come behind it so i guess what i want to know is when you join first and fast you're already a coach why did you want to join first and fast and what have you learned because well, you already did deals a
1: couple a couple of things. I always wanted to learn how to do lease options, and there's a guy in our area that does them, but he's not the most upstanding individual. so i I didn't feel comfortable you know asking him to do you know to show me anything, and he wasn't really uh, forthcoming with information so and I'm like, she does lease options. I don't know if that would work here or not. Um, but I wanted to learn how to do them. But more importantly, I wanted to be around women that were killing it because they are, you know, and that's what I loved about it is, you know, I've already operated in the all boys network and and you have to find a way to operate within that, but it is so, so refreshing to log on there and see women that are like, hey, I just got my 10th deal. I'm doing this because, For me, I grew up with no money, single parent family, and I never, never want to see a woman that isn't self-sufficient. Now, I love my husband dearly, but I don't want to have to rely on him. I want to bring my abilities to the table, and, and I want to be productive, and I think that real estate, kind of like goal hackers, is a breath of fresh air for people. They need to be able to provide for their own families. And corporate America is dead. There is absolutely no loyalty there. You know, if you do, it's all about what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me, for me lately? And honestly, if I had gone through medically what I went through last year at corporate America, they would have fired me. would have said you know what she's gonna have too many issues she's done and that's why i wanted to be around the women in she buys it for steel done fast because i wanted to be around successful women that weren't afraid to take life by the horns and say this is what i want and this is a vehicle for me to get what i want however much i want and leave a legacy. Now I don't have any children either, but I wish, I wish my parents had left me what, you know, our nieces and nephews are getting left. But honestly, I just wanted to be around successful women
0: that were doing what I was doing. And that's the whole goal. I want you to do deals, but I also want you to know that we're here and pushing you and encouraging you to do those deals too. Like, right. We can all win when we come together. Yeah. Now you mentioned something I'm going to ask you and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but you want to tell us what happened last year? Well, so back when I was selling that package of my needy
1: properties, and this is probably going to sound funny. I just had this weird feeling that something wasn't right and I didn't know what it was, um, But I just didn't know, and I'm like, you know what? I just need to get rid of my most needy properties because I just need everything to be easy. Um, And we finally found out that I I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. So I had six months from my needy properties and I'm like, oh, thank God I did seller financing on those and got them off my plate. So uh, for about the first six months or seven months, we kind of had to just operate on, um, we didn't know what it was because it was in a, a place that they couldn't biopsy it. So they're like, it might be a brain tumor of cancer. We're not sure. So um, because I had so many years in the company uh, with W Clement Stone and positive mental attitude and thinking, um, after I got through you know, the pity party and the poor me and oh, why me and all that, I was like, you know what? I can't live like that. That's just so not me. So my husband and I just decided, you know what? We're just gonna live every day like it doesn't exist. And then what happened was about uh, seven months into it, they're like, um, "This has to come out. So you're gonna have to have a full craniotomy, and um, yeah, and it's gonna happen like within the next couple months." So I was like, "No, I really don't want to do that." My biggest fear was that somebody's messing with me. You know, that's that's who you are. Your brain is who you are. Um, But we found a great neurosurgeon down in Johns Hopkins. And, um, but this whole year, if we didn't have systems in place, we would be dead in the water because my husband owns his own business. And then I own my own business. We would have been dead in the water. So it took me a full year to get back to a level of at least being, wanting to be around people and things of that. And, um, and actually your program. The live program was the first uh, program that I ventured out on my own, which I was scared to death because I didn't know if I'd be able to operate in the airport. Um, But it was great. I loved the program. I was exhausted, um, but I loved it. I just loved it.
0: Well, you are an absolute survivor, and I'm so excited for you, and I'm really proud of you. And you just recently, maybe in the last month, celebrated one year from that surgery, right? One year. Yeah. And I don't think anybody at live even realized what you'd been through.
1: I don't think so either because um, a couple people were like, when did you have that? And I'm like, March. And they're like, wait a second. We saw you down there. And I'm like, yeah, I, my hair hadn't grown back. You know, it was, I kind of hit it well, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, as women, I, I fully believe that we should always band together and help each other because we're all living and breathing on this world and trying to make the best of it. And
1: Absolutely.
0: I am, I was thrilled that you were able to come to She Buys It Live last year, and I'd hope you would like to come this year, too. So Absolutely. let me know about that. We'll put it on the Goal Hackers list. Perfect. Perfect. Tell me about Goal Hackers. What is that? And what's it about? And because that's what you're doing now, and that's how you pulled yourself through that time, right? That is. So
1: um, back in the insurance company, I basically taught people how to set and achieve their goals. And the way I did it was start with their personal goals. Um, Because a job is a job, a business is a business. I mean, I don't know anybody that wants to own 500 properties that you want what it brings with it. And that's the stability, the security, the money. Um, And so Goal Hackers actually takes people through the process of what do you really want and how are we really going to get it? Because I feel like in school, our education system is broken. It's totally broken because if I was taught this stuff back in the seventh or eighth grade, we all go through adversity. I mean, people would be so much further ahead. Some people maybe wouldn't have gone to college, would have invested in real estate right out of high school. But if this stuff was taught, people would be like, oh, okay, so well, I'm, that's not going to work. I'm going to go here. And they would just figure out things a lot faster, a lot easier, and things would just be a lot, there would be less anxiety, less stress. People would stay married because they're not fighting about time and money. So I started Goal Hackers to actually teach wherever you are and wherever you want to go, as long as you have a plan, the ability, and you're not afraid to work and get dirty, you can be there.
0: Absolutely. I believe that 100%. It's mm-hmm. the massive action and the planning that gets you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where a lot of women stop themselves. And We went through the beta round of Goal Hackers. I Mm -hmm. took Jeanette's class, Goal Hackers, and a lot of the mastermind girls and some of the other FDDF girls. We went through the whole beta round so that Jeanette could really fine tune her message and her goals with Goal Hackers. So Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, everybody's a coach and I'm ready to be coached just as well as anybody else. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, some,
0: it was like, I had
1: one woman that was, um, she's 70. Um, And she used to work for the Department of Defense. And she's like, well, you know, I really want want to make my retirement mean something. And I'm like, just because you're retired does not mean you should sit in your recliner and read the internet for four hours a day and do nothing. You're retired. That means you should be living doubly now. And whether that means giving back, you know, whether mission trips or volunteer work or going to the beach, rescuing animals, whatever it is. The reason people die after they retire is they have no reason to live. So, um, and that's what that's what we're doing now with Goal Hackers. So we're actually uh, we're revamping the whole course after the beta. Um, I'll do some private coaching. I love to do with things in person because I love to connect with people, and it kind of goes back to the real estate thing. If you can give people vehicles to be successful. It doesn't matter what happens to them in life, they can get through it. Because every single thing that's in Goal Hackers, I literally had to pull myself out after brain surgery and go through. The first week, you know, I wanna get out to the car. I wanna walk to the car. And a funny story about that is, I was walking and my goal one day was, I wanna get to the stop sign at my mom's house. If I can just walk down there, I then I can get further than that. So I took off with my walker and I'm there with, you know, dying and I was just dying. And I made it to the stop sign and I saw one of her friends and he's like, if you want to come down to the next stop sign, I'll walk with you. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired, but yes, I'll go. So I walked down there, walked down there, walked down there and he's walking me back because I'm like, you know, I don't think I can get back home without, you know, kind of lose my balance or something. He's like, no, 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 I'll walk you back. So halfway back, you see my mom in her jazzy electric wheelchair. She was coming to look for me. She's like, you were only supposed to go to the stop sign. (laughs) And I'm like, mom, I have my cell phone with me. Tom was walking. He walked me back. And she's like, no, next time, if you're going to walk faster than that, then call me and tell me. And I'm like, this, I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with my mom because she is an amputee and gets in the kayak and goes off kayaking for hours. And I'm like, I wonder where I got that
0: from. Yeah. What do you think about this now, mom?
1: Yeah. So, but every single thing that I do in goal hackers, I literally had to do, you know, cause most people are like, you need to take your time. I'm like, take my time. I need to get back in the gym. I have got to get going here. I am only 50 and I still have another 50 to live. I got to get back to living, you know? Yep. Yep. So we, my friends would sign up for walk days. Hey, you want to go to the beach? We'll pick you up. We're, we're going to go walk on the beach. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. You know? And let me tell you, I had to take naps every single day. And one of my biggest goals was I want to make it through a day with no nap. And it took forever, but it's just like anything else in life. If you want it bad enough, you got to put
0: a plan in place to get it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's some good advice. What other kind of advice do you have for women who want to get started in real estate investing, they're where you were in 2002 and they're looking at all these options, all these things. What would you tell them? What's the first step? What, what do they need to do to get started? They need to, first
1: they need to join the group. They need to be around other people uh, that, that are doing it. And honestly, they need to start with a program because you could learn, they could learn all this themselves and bang their head up against the wall for a year or two years or five been there. But honestly, it's so much faster if somebody is showing you that knows what they're doing. And it's where I don't care if the program is 5,000 or 10,000. If somebody's going to take you by the hand and walk you through how to do something, you're going to get that back in one deal because you're going to show them how they can, how they can, you know, put the whole deal together, how they can get closing costs, how they can do this, how they can not lose money. So it makes no sense to try to learn things on your own. Now, if usually people say, "Well, I have tons of time and no money," or "I've no time and tons of money." Well, you have a way. Let me tell you, there is a way for you to get 500, 1000, 1500, $5000 because if it was a life or death situation, you'd find it. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I put five grand on my credit card and didn't think twice about it because I was like five grand, it'll be paid off in a couple months because, you know, I was getting a bonus or whatever. But if you want to do things, you pay $40,000 to go to college and learn nothing. You know, so you think about it. If you have a child who's going to go to college and come out with a $250,000 note, Why would you not give them $5,000 to learn how to do this? And that was the the big thing with me. My husband has medical school. He had medical school debt. And I was just like, no, I can't do debt. If it's not bringing in any money, we got to get rid of it. So find the money, find a mentor, surround yourself with women that are doing things. And honestly, in my area, there might be two or three women So you have to find different ways. You've got to go online because you need to rub elbows with other people like you. And you may sit there and think, nobody's like me around here. Well, that's probably true. But there are plenty of women online like you. You just have to find them.
0: Yes, you do. That's what
1: I would tell them to do is find the money, find a program, find a mentor, and just just do it. Honestly, you can sit and complain about it. Just do it.
0: And you've got the time. We talked about that earlier. You can make it happen.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Jeanette, do you have anything else that you want to say or how can people get a hold of you or where can they find you? I mean, we've got a free group on Facebook for She Buys It and Jeanette's in there and we're talking and doing things. So if you want in first, still done fast, then come on in. But if you're just listening, if you just found us, definitely join the She Buys It group on Facebook too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, if you want to find me, you can go to JeanetteRiles.com and you can find out where I'm going to be. Uh, If you're in the Pennsylvania area on October 22nd, I'll be speaking at the Women's Empowering uh, Business Expo. And, um, or you can reach me, reach me right on Facebook. Send me an instant message. If you've got questions, if you want some information, I'll be glad to show you.
0: And if they want some information on goal hackers, do you have a website for that? If they want to reach out about setting go right up?
1: through Jeanette Riles.com right now, we're building out everything for goal hackers. So it's almost there. Yay.
0: Wow, Jeanette, yay. You are a Wonderful woman. I'm so proud to have you on the she buys it podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much.
1: Absolutely. Here. Thank you for having me
0: and keep going. Keep doing those deals. I am rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. I just absolutely love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got today. Thank you so much for tuning in the She Buys It podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube if you're watching this here or go to the iTunes or wherever store and get on the podcast playlist. Also join the Facebook group. All those links are down below. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye y'all. Bye.